G'day and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain, oilseed and fibre markets. My name's Ethan Woolley and thanks again for listening to episode 248. For those in the lamb and sheep trade, you're probably well aware that it's been a challenging time as the market adapts to waning demand, economic sluggishness, elevated supply and the drier outlook, which has recently been upgraded to El Nino. We also know that a downturn in the market can often lead to upside in the future, and adapting to the market conditions can be a difficult but worthwhile strategy. To talk a bit more about identifying some of those opportunities for the sheep and lamb job, this week we are joined by resident Mercado analyst Angus Brown. Angus's family runs a sheep and wool enterprise in Hamilton, Victoria, and listeners as well as Mercado subscribers will be familiar with Angus's analysis of the livestock and grain markets for Mercado. But before that, I'll just briefly go over some of the updates to the commodity markets as of the 29th of September, 2023. So supply was up and all the major indicators fell by 13 cents a kilo or more in the cattle market but the silver lining continues to be the lean beef export pricing into the US. And to grain, with global stocks to use, excluding China, at around 13%, attention is now going to focus on the Australian and Argentinian crops, which have been revised lower due to the dry conditions. CBOT is expected to weaken if rain comes to the east coast and helps to remove risk from the market. 32 micron crossbow wool reached the 300 cent mark for the first time since November 2020, which was a highlight in an otherwise mixed week for wool markets. I'll now hand over to Robert Herman and Angus Brown. Yeah, good on you, Ethan. Thanks very much. And it is very good to have um, one of Mercado's senior and long-term analysts um, come on today to talk about the land market. Angus Brown, uh, welcome to Commodity Conversations. Uh, thanks, Rob. No, nice to be here again. It's been a little while, but uh, yeah, no, happy to come on for a chat. Yeah, well, I, I reckon the last time we got you on was a very different situation to where we are now. And we've talked about the the fall in the lamb market and the sheep market and the cattle market for that matter. But today we'll talk about sheep and lamb. Um, you've been looking at it for a long time now, and I'm not sure how long you've been doing it with Mercado, but it was sort of straight out of uni almost, and you you started with us. Uh, did this? Did, did we see this? Or should we have seen this coming? Uh, did we see it coming? Um, and what's your feeling about this move in the market? Because it is—it's—it's it's knocking people's confidence around a lot. Um, yeah, no, I get this question a bit around the traps here in Hamilton, which is you know the prime lamb used to be the wool capital, now possibly the prime lamb capital of Australia. But um, no. Uh, in short, no, no one saw it coming. Um, I definitely didn't. I saw, we sort of thought that the job was going to fall. Well, we knew it was going to fall, but, um, you know, with a, with a base of 6 to $7 was sort of um, where I thought it would go. But just the, you know, it all comes back to supply and demand and, and we've had an increase in supply uh, probably more than we thought. Um, you know, more lambs coming through than we thought and the, the demand side, which has been the surprise, the um, the lack of demand out of the US for lamb and China for mutton, has really um you know added added to that. So you, you know you get increased supply, weaker demand, and and prices are only going to do one thing. The um, article 
uh, we published uh, on Tuesday on Mercado. You say you, you mentioned that strong supply, dry weather, and an El Nino, of course, a very strange inversion in the land market. Just talk about that inversion that you've mentioned there. So uh, I talk about an inversion in terms of um, store lambs being cheaper than than trade lambs or finished lambs, which is something we haven't seen um, for for three or four years, obviously with the good seasons, but the um, it's something we get during drought times. So. You know, when things are hard to finish, when, when lambs are hard um, to finish or expensive to finish, they become cheaper than than trade lambs on a cents per kilo basis. So, um, And we've seen that go to the next level in this last uh, three or four months with store lambs becoming very cheap. Um, you know, indicator-wise, they're, they're extremely cheap. Good store lambs are still still okay um, in relative terms, like they're a lot better than... than than the sort of um, store lambs you see, some of the store lambs you see going through the yards. But in terms of the inversion, yeah, we mean we mean having those um, store stock cheaper than, the, in a sense, per kilo terms than the, uh, finished stock. I, I noticed, you, or you mentioned then that um, it's uh, it's also what we see in a drought time. We're not. We know that there's some really dry areas in Australia and the areas that are starting to be influenced by the El Nino. But there's also areas that are in pretty good shape. Um, so is it mainly a crisis of confidence for the for the backgrounders and restockers that's pushing this market? Oh, I think it's that. It's not um, It's not really the time of year when there's a lot of restocker demand. You know, crops are still to come off and, you know, putting lambs out in the stubbles, that's a big, big source of restocker demand. Grain prices are creeping up, um, drier weather and a forecast El Nino. So uh, that also is impacting on demand and yeah and the fact there's nothing out there in terms of forward pricing for finished stock makes it um pretty uncertain times for guys who who are you know jumping in and buying store lambs without you know, with relatively expensive grain i guess and and no certainty around what they're going to get out the other end that's the truth we know that um, life, life and markets float along on a fair bit of confidence at times, and we're seeing that lack of confidence influence now. It's interesting, though, that um, I was out at the Ballarat market uh, this week and uh, with a backgrounder, someone who buys, trades a lot of lambs here, and in Ballarat there's a lot of that lamb trading going on, and they were looking at lambs, you know, terrific lambs to turn out for them at around the 70 to 80 dollar mark and they were saying this is the we can't remember when we last paid under 100 dollars in fact there's times when they paid 200 dollars for those sort of lamps how do you go about identifying those opportunities angus because part of it is the season part of it is your ability to feed them uh, there's also supply and there's we know the supply is coming how do you go about identifying that trading opportunity for these livestock and and i guess your reference to that article you republished about you uh, that you wrote on tuesday yeah, well, you'll see in the article, there's a pretty simple little spreadsheet there, which, um, you know, you calculate your buy price and your, your possible sell prices and your, and your possible and, you know, your expected margin, I guess, on based on some price sensitivity analysis. So, as I say, it's pretty basic. So, we had $4.50 as the low price, which for good lambs, you know, they're still making more than that, um, new season lambs. So, so you can put that in as your as your your lowest price and up to five dollars fifty, which you know wouldn't surprise anyone if we got back there, especially in the supermarket trade, like that heavy supermarket lamp. So you punch those numbers in along with your your buy price. It gives you a gross margin. I mean, obviously you got to take all your costs out of that. 
um, for guys like that who've got feet in front of them and, you know, as you know, Rob, the, the western half of Victoria, western southern and southern half of Victoria are probably looking good in terms of that and southeast South Australia as well. So, you know, feed in front of you, the margins look quite good if, you, um, if you're buying those good lambs, you know, $60, $70 and you might turn them out a hundred between 110 and 120 like historically dollars per head yet haven't been seeing that sort of money for the last three or four years you know we've got you've got to be able to feed them as you say but you if you go back to an earlier discussion point we had was saying that and you were making the point i think that you know the good trade lambs in in this situation should be should hold their value to some degree better than the store lambs and at the same time, a lot of those little light lambs that are coming through now, where people are cashing out early, they're actually going to the um, going to the abattoirs. They're not going out on feed. So that could play into you know the the price and the availability of, and supply of lamb in the new year. I think. Yeah, we've been hearing stories out in New South Wales of people just bulk offloading sheep and lambs with the season getting worse and the forecast. So as you say. There are a lot of lambs being killed. I think we've been over 400,000 on the East Coast for, for two or three weeks now, which is um, very high for this time of year. So I think, yeah, you're right. They, they, we could be cleaning a few out, which then obviously means that down the track, there's not as many as many to um, to hit the market in that traditional peak supply from November, December, January peak supply time. And last year where those lighter lands where people were turning them off, they weren't turning them off in a rush because it was a good season, but also there were a lot of restockers lining up to buy them last year. And that's part of the reason why we've got this tail end of heavy lambs coming through now. Yeah, that's right. So, that, you know, a lot of lambs that that hang over lambs last year, which I know just from personal experience, they were very hard to finish last year because we couldn't get the summer crops in because it was too wet last spring. So, and that was a, that happened all across Western Victoria where, you know, I think we're, it's still the third biggest region for producing prime lambs so uh, you know that was a big impact down here yeah creating that hangover i suppose you'd say which is why i've had such strong supply all through the through the winter and early spring so you, you mentioned that uh you're claiming now that hamilton is the uh, prime lamb capital of the world it, it, and you said earlier it was at one stage the wool capital of the world there's still a lot of wool around you had some you had a look recently at the relative prices for lamb mutton and wool um, what can you tell about this, how those markets have swung around? Yeah, well, we all know that the wool job's fallen, but in relative terms, it hasn't fallen as much as as your lamb and, and sheep prices or lamb and mutton prices. So it's now making that wool business. And yeah, I just had a brief look at the, you know, a weather enterprise. It's making that competitive on a DSE basis with with your prime lamb flock or your um Merino U flock, which is something we haven't seen for a long time. But um, so probably going to save a few Merino weathers who might be worth, you know, 20 or 30 bucks in the market and you, you make more out of their wool, a fair bit more out of their wool. So it's, um, it is a really extraordinary time. That that's what's happened with markets, very good land markets and sheep markets over the last few years. There's been a lot of movement in that direction. And now we're seeing that sort of, you know, come home to roost a little bit with the supply situation. Again, referencing back to my market observations and they're anecdotal, I know that, but, you know, good quality wet merino weather lambs may, Sean, 
in in you know sound lambs. Not that they're never they're never fat as one year olds, but they're um, they're in good quality. Are worth twenty dollars now. You know you don't have to look too far ahead to when you shear them next year to see that you're going to you know in today's wool market probably I don't know would you get almost double your money back at that stage. Yeah, well, um, you're probably about more across the wool market than me these days, Rob. But say you're getting, you know, twelve dollars at twelve or thirteen dollars a kilo greasy for, yep, four or five kilo fleece, like it was that fifty, sixty dollars. So you're doubling your money on the wool. Plus, you know, you might you hopefully get something back on the um, on the weather itself as well. So now we've um, we've both been involved in merinos for a long time, Angus. And one of the things we shudder about when we talk about weathers is we've got to find someone to shear them, but. I'm interested in your comments here. I'm I'm f- noticing that the the availability of shearers is perhaps becoming a little bit more, um, or, or there's more shearers available. It doesn't seem to be so desperate as it was this time last year. Am I missing something there, or is it? Are you seeing the same thing? Correct, Rob. We've had <clears throat> we were shearing last week actually. Um, some uh, weathers and some some lambs last year's merino lambs, which we couldn't shear because the um got so wet in May and June, but um. Yeah, no, they're they're almost looking for work now. So it's um a big turnaround from last year where all shearing got squeezed into about two months at the end of the year. Um, this year it's been more spread out and um uh yeah, they're not I wouldn't say they're desperately looking for work, but um there's no trouble finding them this year compared to last year. I just want to go back to the the article you 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 produced about the trade lambs and uh, buying store lambs and um and trading lambs and this is something you've been doing for some number of years now, so it's a fairly standard model you use. Um, I'm, I'm interested in um, the low, medium and strong prices. What sort of drivers would we need to see those eventuate? Um, well, the, the low prices, um, you know, we're hoping we don't see that, but it's that's just continued strong supply and, and weak demand. Um I'm not sure supply can get a lot stronger at the moment. It's been it's been extreme. Um, the issue is, or as always, those supply um, processor bottlenecks, which can, which is part of the reason we're still seeing prices um, are probably a bit weaker than where you would expect them, even with the international market fundamentals. Um, yeah, so you, you know you get strong supply throughout the next three months. Um, we might see prices, yeah, in that mid four dollars range. But uh, the other side of the coin is to see it, see a bit of upside. We've got to see um, improving demand from the US for for lamb. I think, you know, it's probably gotten it's gotten very cheap there. So you would hope that that encourages consumption. Um, you know, you're competing with beef, which um, I know we're not talking beef today, but we've just seen record cattle prices in the US again. This week, on the basis of their their herd rebuild, so um, you know you got to think that there's there's be some substitution there at some stage. Beef for lamb um, at the higher end of the market over there. So hopefully we see that flow through to lamb, pick up a bit on the export demand, and um, the good good thing is that our exports have um, diversified a lot in the last three or four months. Is finding a lot more markets to send the lamb to. Um, at these cheaper levels so hopefully that you know soaks it up and um yeah that's sort of the thing that will see prices prices on the improve i think i just want to go back to last week you you also did a similar article just looking at the um merino weather opportunity um and just in broad terms 
how did you rate that merino weather opportunity for somebody looking to run on some sheep and what sort of things should they be thinking about when they, if they if they want to go down that path i mean i don't know if anyone's buying farms at the moment but it's actually probably not a bad time to do it because you can compare the last three years you can load up on stock very cheaply at the moment yeah that merino weather opportunity we're talking about merino weather is historically very cheap i mean even in absolute terms relative terms and when i talk relative relative to prime lambs or finished lambs or composite ewes or something like that they're a really good buying opportunity i think if if you're looking for stock you've got grass to eat and you can handle the wool which is obviously the um handle the shearing and the wool which is one of the the big factors why people don't go into them i think um you know i don't i'm not sure you you could go too far wrong with buying where the lambs at the moment she's a she's a low risk and potentially strong profit sort of enterprise at the minute yes and i think we can add to that that providing the um, northern hemisphere gdp doesn't collapse and you always use that proviso because wool's so dependent on confidence in the northern hemisphere providing that doesn't collapse then the wool market may be finding some sort of base where it is and i know that's a, always a big call um the only other thing to, to finish up on, I think, Angus, is for those who are looking at buying in feed, um, what are we looking at in head of, ahead in terms of pricing, do you think? Oh, well, it's been, as I said before, it's been rising sort of gradually, which is what it does when you have, have these dry seasons. It sort of, sort of edges higher. And we're now, you know, relative to international values, our, our wheat and barley is expensive, I guess you'd say, like compared to the stuff coming out of the Black Sea. It's gotten to the upper end of the market in terms of you know where you'd be expecting to export it. So you know other other origins are going to compete with those major markets of ours in Indonesia and Southeast Asia. So you know it has been creeping high, and you might say, I mean, around four hundred dollars. It's probably more than that for for milling wheat, but feed wheats are sort of four four twenty barley, a little bit cheaper. But it's um yeah, it is it is going up, but it's not compared to the last couple of years. It's probably not extraordinary, but. Yeah, you know, we all know what you know. The war in Ukraine drove prices up for the last two years, so um, it's not it's not going to be a rude shock for anyone who's been buying grain for the last couple of years. But it's just, um, yeah, to keep a watch on it. If if the season does worsen, it's probably got another fifty or sixty bucks to go up. I noticed last year that uh, bean prices were were, you know, the grain producers were very disappointed in the bean prices, and uh, a lot of them held their beans, and uh, so they might you know, get a bit of a bonus and, and a bit more demand coming out of that. Angus, it's been great uh, catching up with you and um, it's good to talk through the articles because I know a lot of people read your articles and see the, the scenarios you put up. Um, I like the way you go about explaining it. So thank you very much. Thanks for all your help on uh, Mercado and um, all the best up there. Hope the landmarking goes well to finish and, uh, and uh, you make a few runs at cricket. <laughs> no worries, Rob. Yes, we, it's, coming around very quickly creek we're going to start next weekend so she's a um yeah we'll get back into it